Amen, amen. We want Pastor Hilton to make his way up here. We so appreciate him stepping away from all of his responsibilities and filling in tonight and being a resource that Bishop could call on. And we appreciate him coming and being willing to minister back at the home church. We thank you, brother, and we thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. We want him to come and preach. I mean, it's going to help him preach tonight. Oh, that doesn't sound good. What if I had you come up here and preach tonight? What would your response be? You would want a whole lot more people behind you. How many is going to preach him tonight? That's more like it. You never know. God may call you to preach tonight. Amen, amen. God bless you, Pastor Hilton. We want you to come and minister and follow the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. Thank you, Brother Joe. Amen. Well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. And uh, I, I can tell you I am overwhelmed with uh, gratitude that the bishop would invite me to come. Uh, to minister, but not only that, that he trusted me enough to do it while he's not home, and uh, never want to take advantage of that very fact, amen, but uh, praying for them as they're traveling this week, <coughs> and uh, I have, I did a wedding yesterday, I taught an hour Bible study this morning, and preached this morning, and here, hopefully my voice holds out. But on the way here, this, this song started going over in my mind. And so we're going to try to sing this song. I'm not a singer, don't claim to be a singer, but I love to glorify God. Amen. I just want you to join in with me to, as we sing this song tonight. <clears throat> just an old song. Magruder used to sing it. And, uh, truly to me, he's become everything. I said to me, he's become everything. I don't know about you, but I've tried a lot of other things, and nothing, everything, maybe I should say it that way, everything came up short. But to me, he's become everything. He's everything that I need. Oh, the beginning, the end, he's life's dearest friend. To me, he's become everything. Oh, sing to me, he's everything well he's everything that I need he is the beginning the end he is life's dearest friend to me he's become everything oh sing to me he's become everything oh yes he's everything that I need the beginning the end he is life's dearest friend Can you lift your voice and sing it with us? Well, to me, he's become everything. Oh, yes. He's everything that I need. Oh, the beginning, the end. He is my dearest friend. To me, he's become everything. Oh, to me, he's become everything. Oh, yes. He's everything that I need. 
We exalt you and we praise you. We glorify you in this house today. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name. Some have made this a game that they play. Some, they just sing along with the songs. But it's more than that to me, Brother Goff. This is my life. This is my everything. He is my all. Hallelujah. Amen. Is anybody out there tonight? Jesus is your everything today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I realize I realize the bishop's not here tonight, but I can promise you he's here in spirit. Amen. He may be here listening. I don't know, but I do know this. He would long for us to have good church today. Amen. I don't think that his mandate has changed since I've left. He said, hey, when you come to church, let's have good church. Amen. What does that mean? That means that the will of God's done by the time the service is over with. I want the will of God to be done tonight. I didn't come just to go through the motions. And I believe that each and every one of you made an effort to come into the house of the Lord today. And we might as well not waste our time. We might as well get a hold of God today. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to go to Acts chapter number 4 and verse 31. I don't know if I'm going to end up preaching or if I'm going to end up teaching or treaching or however you want to call it, but we just want the Word of God to go far, and we want, I want to see lives changed. That's what the Word of God does. It changes lives. It works in our lives, and I want to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. Acts chapter 4 and verse number 31 just one, one passage of scripture. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Everybody said they were filled. And they spake the word of God with boldness. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Amen. For a little bit tonight, I want to try to uh, convey a topic that I'm just simply going to title, Field and Fervent. Amen. Field and Fervent. Let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Can we do that? Lord, we love you. We thank you for your grace in this place. God, I'm asking that you would allow the Holy Ghost to minister in this place today. God, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. Oh, God, I don't want to just go through the motions of a sermon tonight. Hallelujah, let's worship the Lord in here tonight. Let's lift up the holy name of Jesus tonight. 
We magnify you and we praise you today, sweet heavenly Father. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Amen. The Holy Ghost, or for the Christian world today, the Holy Spirit, is a powerful force. And uh, I, I began to think about the Holy Ghost. I, I know you guys are taught very well here, and so I kind of feel like a fish out of water. Amen, because I know of the teaching, you got Brother Goff, you got the bishop, and now tonight you got me, and since Brother Nelson always serves bologna sandwiches, I'm just going to serve saltines and tuna, is that all right? <clears throat> Amen. I, I don't intend to go deep tonight, but I, I do hope and pray to God that he, he can use my meager efforts tonight. To minister. The Holy Ghost is not just any spirit, but it is the Spirit of God. John chapter 14 and 16 says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. During Bible study this morning, we, we have a Bible class, and then we have prayer, and then we have service on Sundays. And, and uh, I, I was teaching this morning, and, and maybe, I don't know if they're going to be listening or not, but I was teaching this morning, and, and the question came up, you know, we, we have the same kind of power that Jesus had, they asked. Um, how, how could Jesus go without sin, and we sometimes fall into sin? I said, that's a great question, Brother Nelson. I said, I'll tell you the answer, and we're gonna, I'm getting ahead of myself just a little bit, but just giving you little teasers of what's to come, all right? But I, I looked at him, I said, you know, the difference between you and me and Jesus is Jesus knew how to keep the flesh filled with the Spirit. Well, for one, he was God in the flesh, so no excuses there, no. But I, I'm telling you today, we have access to the same power. The power that raised Jesus Paul said, out of the grave, can live on the inside of us. And it's just a matter of how much do we have living on the inside of us. Hallelujah. I, I, want, I, I, I want somehow to reach down deep in our hearts and souls tonight. Amen. The Holy Ghost is a powerful force. It's one not to be reckoned with when it comes to the enemy. But let me tell you something. It depends on how much do you have living on the inside. 
How much are you willing to allow to stay on the inside? Because let me tell you, when you're full, other things have to be removed. Amen. Other things begin to come to the surface because his spirit is holy. And it doesn't tolerate unholy things. It doesn't, un- it doesn't tolerate unrighteousness. And I'm not here just to talk about this, but here I am right now for just a moment. Amen. The Holy Ghost is inside of us to do one thing, and that is to make us holy. How can it make us holy? Well, it is the Holy Spirit for, for after all. It's not rocket science. Maybe I'm making it too simple, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's too difficult to understand that a holy God living on the inside of me can make me a holy vessel. Just the fact that I got filled with the Holy Ghost is a testament to the fact that God reached down and in, in an old nasty world and he said, hey, I like this one. I'm taking him out and I'm setting him over here. That's what holy means, right? To be set apart. Hallelujah. If you understand what holiness, the definition of it is, is to be set apart, then you understand why the scripture commands us to come out from among them and be ye separate. Not just anybody said that. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good to us. He loves us. Do I deserve him? No. I don't deserve him. Maybe you do. (laughs) But I can promise you this. Every one of us were made of dust. And every one of us have our own willpower. And every one of us have the ability to make up our own mind as to what we're going to allow God to do in our life. The Spirit of God, Jesus said, is going to come and it's going to be a comforter to you. It's going to help you. Amen. Brother Toby, I'm sorry if I keep looking over there, but your tie keeps grabbing my eye. <laughs> yeah, that looks great together. I guess, yeah. We got a shine over in the corner. No, I'm just kidding. Amen. Praise God. We'll call it the glory shine. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus taught his disciples that he had to leave them so that he could come back and be in them. I, again, I don't want to oversimplify anything. I I don't want to ever do that. But I think this is rather a simple concept that we could all understand. That Jesus could not, man, I got to be careful. I'm, I'm acting like I'm at home. Um. I'm going to do my best not to say this is not in my notes because I have not been on my notes except for like two or three lines. But you understand the Holy Ghost is come to give us strength. I was mowing last Tuesday night in my yard at the house And Bishop was preaching, and I had him piped into my headphones. Thank God for AirPod Pros that can go into noise cancellation mode. My goodness, I had to stop. I don't know how many times, because the Holy Ghost come all over me 
as he was preaching. I was an hour away and the word of God was reaching me. The power of the word of God was reaching me. <laughs> and, I, and ever since last Tuesday, it's been ringing in my mind with Bishop's words saying, God created us for one purpose. How many of you know what that purpose is? Reproduce. God created you and me to reproduce. Not just naturally, but spiritually. He called us, and he saved us, and he gave us the power to reproduce. And I remember as I, I was reading through the New Testament, and I, at the end of the year, I, I kind of combined a lot of the New Testament together and read it through very quickly. And I'm, I'm beginning to like reading the Bible through in big portions of Scripture because it gives you the big picture as you're reading it. Now, if you don't have time, it, it's hard, but I'm doing a little bit of cheating. I'm listening to it while I'm, while I'm driving or I've, I'm out and about because I don't have enough time just to sit down and hold the book and read it. I wish I did. Amen. But let me tell you something. Every time I'm listening to the Word of God, I was listening through the Gospels. And I don't know how many times that I heard the, the writer of the Gospels say, and Jesus became overwhelmed. He didn't, they didn't say these words, but you, you can read and you can see where Jesus wept. Jesus looked over the, the multitudes of people and he was moved, the Bible said, with compassion. It drove him, as the bishop said the other night, to go to Samaria. He was in the midst of a massive revival, but the Bible said that he, he packed up and he said, you know what, i got to get somewhere else because there's some people that need something. I'm not going to re-preach it, but I want you to understand, Jesus had an urgency about him. And he was still, I believe, trying to get it to his disciples. Here in John chapter 14, he said, hey, guys, don't cry for me when I'm leaving you. Don't, don't get upset because I need to leave. I can't accomplish what God, what I need to accomplish in this world. If I stay a human and I continue to walk the earth, I can't accomplish it as a single human being. But he knew if I go... I can come back and I can be in you and 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 he can reach more than he could even in one, one individual. That's why he gave me the Holy Ghost. That's why he filled me so that I could be fervent about the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. You can, you can write me off tonight if you want as as. as piggybacking upon the bishop but I can tell you I had not had that message on my mind when I was driving here and I was driving I as soon as church was over went home we ate lunch and I had to go to a baby shower and then I left the baby shower came straight here and uh so I, I didn't have a lot of time this afternoon to really study and pray like I like to when I'm preaching somewhere else and I said God I need your help today I don't know how and I laid, I got in that back pew and God put this message on my mind. Yes, I preached this message before. Yes, I had these notes before, but I wasn't just over here saying, hey, oh, this one sounds good. I'm going to take it. But I'm telling you what, the burden of this service laid upon my heart back there. And, and I, I want to see God do something in this place. I want to see somehow somebody respond to the Holy Ghost. I don't know if anybody needs the Holy Ghost in this place tonight, but I can tell you this. If you need the Holy Ghost, God will fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. He told them he wanted to keep them comfort. He told these disciples, I want to keep you comfort. But it had to be in a different fashion. He said, I'm with you, but I've got to come back and be in you, folks. Jesus kept that promise. I'm going to try to hurry on through. Jesus did come back, and he, he kept that promise that on the day of Pentecost. In Acts chapter number 2, verses 1 through 4, a very familiar passage of Scripture. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one, with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He said, I'm going to send a comforter to you, which is the Holy Ghost. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, it said that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. They were all filled. Everybody say they were filled. They were filled, which tells me there was no room for anything else at that moment. They were full of the Holy Ghost. And these men and women were born again of his spirit. Uh, amen. Jesus, in fact, had told them before he left uh, hey, uh, to do some things and they would receive the promise of the Father. And uh, I'll say this and move on, but, but thank God there were some people there that day that obeyed what Jesus told them to do. Acts 1 verses 4 and 5 and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he you have heard of me because John truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Hallelujah. Now again Acts chapter 2 and verse 6 tells us that they weren't the only ones that were affected by the outpouring. Because now when this was noised abroad, it wasn't just family members found out. But it said when this was noised abroad, the multitude came. And they were confounded. Because that every man heard them speak in his own language. These people were filled and they had a fervency about them. That said, hey, I can't keep what I have to myself. I'm up here in the upper room. I've got to get out of this place and get out on the street so that somebody else can see the effects of what happened to me. And they began to worship God on the street. That's what the Bible tells us. I'm just trying to cut to the chase. And they were, they were not just doing it under their breath. No, I can just imagine. They're just jumping around. Oh, God is so good. And the Bible said they were talking in tongues. And all the people heard them speak. And they began to tell us, hey, God is good. They began to glorify God and to magnify God. Amen. And they, they had no idea what they were saying. But God was using them in that fashion to reach the whole multitude that was around them. And they began to question and begin to wonder what's going on. This is dangerous. This is my Wednesday night messages. Amen. These are Bible lessons I'm supposed to start teaching on Peter's message. And, 
I got to be careful. I'm going to end up weaving that into this thing. Amen. But I, I, well, so, a little levity this morning. I woke up this morning. I had an entire lesson ready to go. And God gave me one batch of scriptures, nine verses. And that's all I got when I got to church. And uh, I preached for 15 minutes this morning. And my kid said, are you going to preach 15 minutes tonight? I said, no, i got to preach the rest of what I didn't preach this morning up here. <clears throat> Amen. I'm going to do my best not to belabor the point. But I, I, I do feel like I, I want to get to a certain place. And we'll let the Holy Ghost have his way tonight. But the Holy Ghost filled all of them. It filled the house where they were sitting, and it filled all of the people that were there that day. And when the Holy Ghost came upon them, and they were full, everybody say they were full. I like this word fervent. They became bold. They didn't care who saw them. They didn't care what people thought about their doctrine. They didn't, they didn't care if, if people wanted to debate them. All they were worried about was getting out to the people that were around them. God is good. Let me tell you about what God has done for me. Amen. I am not the same as I used to be. What, 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 uh, what actually made the crowd take notice of them was the fact that they were unlearned men. They were the rednecks. That's my, that's my terminology, okay? And so they're, they're all wondering, how in the world do these guys, they're not learned. They don't know all these languages that we hear them speak in. How did they understand? How did they begin to speak this? And it got their attention and they began to say, man, what is going on? There was a fervency that got a hold of them. I don't know what it was like that day, but I can just imagine it was kind of like a Pentecostal church service out there in the middle of the street. I've seen people walk in the house of the Lord and watch us, and they look at us like some of us laughing at us. Man, what is that guy saying? I don't understand what he's saying over there. I've seen it. It got their attention. They're out there. They were filled. And they didn't care what anybody said. They were filled. And they were fervent. Now before I go too much further, I want to define these two things. You probably say, well, we're all smart people and we already know what it means, but... I just want you to know that to be filled means to put into, and I, these are definitions in the English language. I didn't go to the original, but, but it means to put into as much as can be held or conveniently contained. To be fervent means exhibiting or marked by great intensity of feeling. To be zealous. How many of you know somebody that's zealous? How many of you know somebody that's fervent? Every one of you are for something. Every one of you are for something. And I hope it's for the Holy Ghost. 
Well, hallelujah, I hope it is by the time we're done here tonight. Here's some synonyms for fervent. To be impassioned, to be passionate, to be ardent, to be fervent, fervid, perfervid. Meaning show, means showing intense feeling. Showing intense feeling. That's why preachers preach and get red in the face and sound like they're screaming and hollering because we're fervent about what God's put on our heart. I, I, I want you to understand I'm intense about what God places on my heart. I'm not up here just going through the motions of a service. I, I didn't come tonight just to, just to say some pretty words and make us all feel better. But I did come to encourage us. I did come to see the Holy Ghost move in this place. And I came to see the Holy Ghost fill this house. Amen. That we can leave this house a, a fervent people. Well, hallelujah. A fervent people, I said. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I, I want to I run through something very quickly. And then I, I want to I go through. I, I brought some stuff we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about for just a moment. But Jesus set a precedent in the very beginning of his ministry of being full. If you go to John chapter number 2 and verse number 7, you're going to see where the Bible says, Jesus said unto them that servants... There at the wedding of Cana of Galilee, he said, fill the water pots with water. And how I know he set the precedent is because what the servants did, and they filled them up to the brim. this water bottle even when I opened it was not full now how many of you have been to a restaurant and you got a waitress who's not paying attention to how much she's pouring into your cup and she about pours it over and you can look at your cup and you can see the waters heaped over the edges that's full my friend Another drop goes in there, and it's going to start overflowing. This isn't fool. I've used this a little bit. Jesus told the, the, the servants at that wedding that day, he said, go fill the water, pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. They couldn't fit anything else in the water pots. I'm here to submit to you. Thank God for servants who were obedient. Because now I can preach a good message. Now, I'm, sure, I'm sure God put that in there just for tonight. I'm just kidding. But I want you to understand. These servants, they didn't skimp on their duties. They said, all right. He said, fill them up. We are going to the nth degree. We're going to fill them until we can't fill them no more. Jesus is interested in making sure that people are full and have more to spare. Maybe I should have asked you to use that other mic, but I, we'll see how we can do here. 
I like doing object lessons. I think it's because I taught Sunday school in our adult class so many times that this is how we do things. Now, can I borrow a couple of guys, Brother, Brother Nelson, Brother Golf, can you help me out real quick? Hey, I picked the right guy. <laughs> now, here's the thing. I called two of you. I'm going to use you in just a minute. But I want you to consider this with me. Let's say we've already preached about the outpouring on the day of Pentecost. And the people were obedient to the words of Jesus Christ. And they stayed in Jerusalem until the power of the Holy Ghost fell, the promise of the Father, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, Brother Goff, you're going to represent the 120. Now, I don't believe the Holy Ghost, I'll get towels and clean this up in a little bit. Now, I filled it up on purpose. Because now, how fervent are you going to be with that full glass of water? <laughs> because what's going to have to happen is, I'm not saying they got full of it, but the effects of the Holy Ghost, when they got out of the upper room, began to splash out. Onto other folks. You may want to put, put that over here so he can dump a little bit. And all of a sudden, <laughs> I did set you up. Now, Brother Goss out there, he's worshiping the Lord. He's talking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Now, I'm not saying that the Holy Ghost was going on the inside of the individual like this, okay? Don't get me wrong, because God had to fill them later. A preacher had to preach the gospel, and they had to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't want him to splash the water all over Brother Nelson, but they were feeling the effects of what these people were feeling, because the Holy Ghost was down inside of them, and they were full, and as they're splashing out, the Holy Ghost doesn't stop pouring out. The Holy Ghost keeps on pouring and the Holy Ghost keeps on splashing. And the Holy Ghost keeps on pouring. And the Holy Ghost keeps on splashing. And then all of a sudden, Peter began to preach because they started making fun. Hey, what's going on? These guys, ah, oh, they're drunk. Now, I told the church this morning, I said, I've never seen a drunken individual have, have some type of order. I mean, they were speaking fluently in the other languages. How in the world... Could the flesh do that? But the spirit, the preacher preached. The outpouring came and filled those vessels that were there. And then all of a sudden the preacher finished preaching. And all of a sudden the other 
3,000 souls there that day were filled with the Holy Ghost. And then they went from house to house, fellowshipping, breaking in bread, studying the apostles' doctrine, and they were staying full of the Holy Ghost on a daily basis. Not from service to service. Thank God we have two services on on Sundays, right? We can get a double portion. But what happened about Monday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday? Consider with me. What is going on? These men are going through their work life. Through the work. And you can pour it in. And they're getting emptied out. They've got to have another opportunity. Because a couple chapters later, they were beaten. They were not just being laughed at now. They were being persecuted. I think the worst persecution we have in this day and hour is we may have a disgruntled team member at work or something. And, or maybe if you stay at home, your kid's giving you fits and... And yeah, I understand, but, but these men were literally flogged and commanded, don't preach in Jesus' name. And as Jesus, and as they went out, they began to preach. And they said, look, we can't, we can't listen to man. Is it better that we obey man or God? And they beat them and they let them go. And do you know what the Bible says? In Acts chapter number 4, they went straight to the prayer room. Oh, I mean, I feel the Holy Ghost. I know I'm not, I'm not jumping around and snotting and all that stuff. But all of a sudden, the Bible says they began to pray. And the place was shaken. Mm, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. So now we don't just have 120. We don't just have 3,000. But we got another 5,000. And so just in a few short days time, because some people were sensitive to the Holy Ghost, now we have over 8,000 people filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let me tell you something. God wants to do something like that in the church today. Hallelujah. But we've got to be filled and we've got to be fervent. We've got to be willing to fight with everything that's on the inside of us. We've got to be willing to take it and say, hey, look at me. Look what God's done in my life. I want to stay filled with the Holy Ghost. And as you're going about your life, you're going to get jostled. You're going to get messed up. You're going to get upset. You're going to get mad. And you're going to have to go back to the prayer room. And you're going to have to get filled up again. You're going to have to let the Holy Ghost Come on the inside all over again. Come on, somebody get a hold of what I'm talking about tonight. It's got to go beyond just a uh, now and then type of thing. But God, fill me up. God, give me boldness. God, give me fervency. Hallelujah. 
It's important, my brothers and sisters, that we don't just go through our lives like we've always gone through our lives. But it's imperative, my friend, my sister, my brother. Hear what I'm telling you tonight. We need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Because I can tell you, my friend, you will be tried from a day to day. The enemy will step into your life, Brother Jerome, and he's going to shake you up. He's going to try to knock you down, but you've got to stand up. Amen. The jostling from the enemy is going to knock some of the Holy Ghost out, but you've got to get back, and you've got to get full. You've got to stay full. Hallelujah. 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 If I would have had time before church tonight, I would have went to my, I would have went down to Walmart and I would have bought me some ping pong balls. Amen. Because one of my favorite illustrations, amen, is to feel a cylinder vase full of those ping pong balls. You know, last time I did this, it was full. Can you just imagine with me for just a minute tonight? We have a full vase of ping pong balls representing the sin and the hardships of life and everything that you've got to deal with on a regular basis. And then all of a sudden, you got the Holy Ghost. And you just, all of a sudden, you get it for the first time and it just gushes in there. And all of a sudden, what happens? They come rushing out of that cylinder. Why? Because there's no place for them to be anymore. Because something more dense, something more heavy, something more long-lasting, something with more sustenance has just replaced one of those balls inside that cylinder. You got to consider with me, the Holy Ghost is here to help you and it's here to help me. I am not here tonight to stand before you and to say I've never gotten upset. I've never been tempted. If I were to say that, I would be a liar. And if you were to say that, you would be a liar. But there is a power that is stronger than the effects of sin. In fact... No matter what Harold tried, it couldn't keep Jesus in the grave. And as, as fleeting as our lives are, and as fleeting as things are, this morning I preached from 1 Peter chapter 1. And let me just paraphrase it real quick. Peter told those he was writing to, he said, look, he said, yeah, when you find yourself in some bad temptation, when you find yourself in the midst of hard times. Verse 6, wherein you... You greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold 
temptations. <laughs> but verse 7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried by fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can I paraphrase and put it in my own language here tonight? I feel like Peter was telling the church, hey, you got to wake up. Yes, you got to go through some things. Yes, you're folk, you, you got some temptation. But there's something that's more valuable, brother self, than all the gold in this world. And it's your faith. And God is trying your faith like they try gold. And God is trying to make sure you're staying filled with the right stuff. When the heat comes, you got to understand, it's just the Holy Ghost is trying your spirit once again, saying, hey, are they filled with the right things? Are they going to be fervent in the kingdom of God? Oh, I wish I had the voice to finish what I'm trying to get across. Let me tell you something. The Holy Ghost is powerful. Hallelujah. My full intention, Brother Golf, was just to preach and reach for somebody's lost soul today. But let me tell you something. You're going to lose your soul if you don't get a hold of what I'm talking about tonight. If you don't get a hold of what Jesus, amen, was telling his disciples when he, when he began, amen, his ministry, he said, hey, fill the pots. And he came and he followed suit. All the house was filled. Not just the people. <laughs> Jesus, he doesn't want to just feel us, but he wants to feel the atmosphere so that we, we can be effective. So we can run out and we can splash on somebody and then we can run back in and we can filled up again and we can find somebody else. Hey, let me tell you what Jesus did. Let me tell you what Jesus did. And I can get some more and I can keep going back and getting filled over and over and over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, an acceptable and perfect will of God. He said this in verse 3, For I say, through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Hallelujah, we're encouraged here. By Paul. Can I say it this way? We're commanded by Paul to present ourselves to God. This is going to cause us to transform. 
it means I won't think the same. I'm not going to talk about the same thing. I'm not going to the same place. But I'm going back to where I know I can get filled again. Because that's my desire. That's my hunger. That's what I long for. That's what I need in my life today. Hallelujah. Skipping down to verse 10 of the same chapter, Romans chapter 12. Be kindly affection one to another. With brotherly love. In honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business. But fervent. Everybody say fervent. How? In spirit. Whose spirit? Not mine. Not mine. I've been fervent for me before. My friend, it didn't work out. And I ended up having to go back to Jesus and say, hey, I made a mess. Help me clean this up. And today I'm preaching to you and stripping my voice out tonight because I am fervent in spirit, not the Hilton spirit, but the spirit of the almighty God who was resurrected from the dead for my salvation, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints given to hospitality. I'm about finished. If the music could come, <clears throat> I want to read this passage to you in the English Standard Version because I, I think some of the, the way, I love the way it came out, so just bear with me. Romans chapter 12, verses 10 through 13, in the English Standard Version said, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit and serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're going to have a zeal. But you're not going to be in this tunnel vision anymore. You're not going to be thinking what's going to be the best for me. Or even the best for my family. But somehow when the Holy Ghost comes on the inside, the blinders of life are removed. And now, the apostle Paul said, I, Behold now, I look through a glass darkly. But then, face to face. I can't wait till I see the full picture. I can't wait till I see that. But right now, I don't have to be honed in on me. But now, I can think, God's given me power to help others. 
And the bishop can correct me. Elder Goff, you can correct me. But I've taught my folks sometimes. I wonder if God is waiting for me to help somebody else before he steps in. I'm not saying be a busybody and get up in everybody's business. But what I'm saying is we need to help each other up. If I see my brother, he's down and hurting, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull him up. I'm going to help him. I'm going to brush him off. Hey, you all right? I'm praying for you. I love you. Let's do this together. And we start walking this walk together. What's going to happen when the church gets together in the unity of the Spirit? First, we got to get in line with Him. And the next thing we're going to see is, come on, Brother Jerome. We're going to see all of our brothers joining up. Let me ask you something. You get too many of us wound up like this. How many of us are going to be attacked like this? When hell looks at the church and they see a bunch of people bound together. You ever played Red Rover, Red Rover? I was driving through a town the other day and I looked over. It was in, I was driving through Parker and I looked over and I told my wife, man, I haven't seen them play that game in a long time. And these kids and poor kids, they had a little girl come over. They had a big old boy standing on this side. And that little girl hit, and she about clotheslined herself. <laughs> I tell you what, when there was good-sized fellas on the other side, I didn't want them calling me over. I knew there was no hope for me. Thank you, guys. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to try to close this down. Brother Self, I've never forgotten this. You came down to my house, and you start, started talking to me about wildlife, and it's been eating me up. I never considered that wildlife always tend to take the easiest route. That's why the paths are so beaten down. The devil don't like to work hard. I'm not saying he won't try. But what would happen if the church got together in such a way? Man, I, I wish the bishop was here. I'd, I'd make sure I was okay. <laughs> because let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I've been working on our church. Look, folks, every time we start seeing a breakthrough, guess what happens? Man, can you believe what so-and-so said to me? Man, I don't think so-and-so likes me very much. They didn't say anything to me. What? Maybe they're just busy. Maybe they got a life. Their feelings for you didn't change. You know all that is? is a ploy of the enemy. We're not ignorant of the enemy's devices. 
Well, we shouldn't be. Come on, folks. Come on, folks. We shouldn't be surprised that the enemy shows up and says, man, London, did you hear what so-and-so said? Can, can you believe Reagan said that about you the other day? My, I couldn't either. And that's all that needs to be done. And guess what happens? London's going to go over and she's going to find Danessa. And she said, man, did you hear what they said Reagan was telling about me? And you know what's going to happen? Janessa's going to get upset and she's going to get fighting mad. You know how I know Janessa's going to get mad? Because somebody's talking about her sister. I dare one of you to talk about my brother. But just like we have that knit in family. I know the old saying says, blood is thicker than water. But when you involve the blood of Jesus Christ, that should tie us together better than anything else in this world. I'm not here to tear you down. You're not here to tear me down. In fact, what did the scripture say? I'm going to read that one more time. I didn't intend to go here. And Bishop, I'm sorry if I crossed the line. I'm not trying to be overbearing. But I just want, I want you to hear what the Word of God said. Romans 12, 10. I'm going to read it in the English Standard Version. The Bible said in verse 10, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Don't be fake about it. But lift one, one another up. I've been studying the, the gifts of the Spirit. I, I promise you I'm really close to being done. I, none, none of this is in my notes right now, except for that scripture I just read. But studying the gifts of the Spirit, why did he give us the gifts of the Spirit? Anybody know? For the church, but what does it do to the church? Edify. What does the word edify mean? To build up. To build up. Say it again. To build up. Everybody say it with me. To build up. Look, my brothers and sisters, it's not the will of God that we be at odds with anybody. We dwell together. How beautiful it is for brethren to dwell together in mass chaos. <laughs> no! Together in unity. We've come together in unity. You know how we can stay together in unity, Sister Tori? Is we can pray and we can stay full. We can stay full. Brother Goff, I don't care what they say about you. I don't care what you said about me. If you ever, I'm not saying anything's going on. He just said he had. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) 
I'm trying to ease it up in here a little bit. I'm not hey, loosening it up in here a little while. No, I hope you're getting the heartbeat of this preacher tonight. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to be overbearing or whatever you want to call it, but I, I just want you to understand it's time for the church to rise. And the only way the church can rise, and the only way, Brother Nelson, for the church, the whole house to be filled, all that happened after verse 1 of Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one mind and all in one accord. Well, praise God. <laughs> I want to be full. I want to be fervent. I want to walk in the Holy Ghost. Man, I tell you what, what would happen if the church got so tied together? Look, 3,000 people in Olathe isn't going to scratch the surface of how many people are here. Much less touch the, touch the amount of people that are in the entire metroplex. 8,000 people is barely even going to scratch the surface of how many people are here. How many people are in Olathe now? How much? Over 400? 8,000? Out of 400? 400,000? Say on the low side? What's going to happen? Oh, Jesus, help me. Man, there's such a heavy burden. God wants to settle upon each and every one of us for the lost souls of this world. I don't know if you can feel what I'm feeling right now, but there's an urgency in the Holy Ghost that's calling us right now. My, what would happen? Oh, Jesus. Maybe the bishop's already done this before and recently. I don't know. Come on, Brother Brody. You're going to help me out again. All right. Now, me and you are going to work together. I'm teaching you a Bible study. God's filling you with the Holy Ghost. You got baptized in Jesus' name. Now we got a job to do. I went out there, I found you. I've taught you a Bible study. You got filled with the Holy Ghost and you got baptized in Jesus' name. Now I need you to go find somebody out there and I need you to bring them back. And you need to teach them a Bible study so that they can get the Holy Ghost. All right? So you're going to help me with that? Go find somebody we can teach a Bible study to. Come on, Brother Larson. He looks like somebody that needs to get a touch of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> All right. Now, think about this. Come on over here. Oh, Brother, Brother Brody, you stay right there with Brother Kaiser. Now, I've been spending time with Brother Larson, teaching him Bible studies. Now, I've been here, and there's a lot of Bible studies going on up here, and that's, that's wonderful. We can't teach enough Bible studies. That's my opinion. 
If I didn't have to work full-time, I think I'd go full-time teaching Bible studies. It could do it. We could do it. There's a lot of people out there. I got 30,000 people in a 30-mile radius. Y'all got 400,000 in less than maybe a 15-mile radius. A lot of souls, folks. But you see, I went out and I got Brother Brody. Now, he, he is passionate. He's fervent about the things of God. And he's got, got Brother Kaiser. He's got the Holy Ghost. Brother Larson's got the Holy Ghost. And now, if we're following the Great Commission like we're supposed to, I've taught about water baptism in Jesus' name, infilling of the Holy Ghost, and I'm now teaching you it's time to go. Let's go. Come on, Sister Morgan. we got to get some ladies in this thing. All right. Now, you see what's happening here. We went from just me and Brother Brody. You guys picking up when I'm laying down here tonight? <laughs> Man, we're growing. But if we're all doing what we're supposed to do. Now, there's how many of us? Two, four, six, eight of us now. In about two more times of doing this, we're going to clear this room and we're going to put everybody up here in the front. We've only gone out three times. I have only gone out three times. Brother Brody's been out twice now. Brother Larson's first time. And look at what God's done in this place. All right, let's do it. Go find somebody. Come on, Papa. And this is really what happens. You go get mama, and the babies come too. Now, we've all done our part. We got the Holy Ghost. Now it's time for us to go get somebody else. Let's do it. Come on, Cam. What do you say, Brother Bob? I've done it five times now. Won't you look around? Now, I know all y'all are already here. What would happen if all of you brought one person Tuesday night? Well, I know week, weeknights are hard, so let's just say next Sunday. What if every single one of you brought somebody that's not standing here tonight with you next Sunday? This church would be full. Well, let me, re, let me restate that. 
this church would be comfortable. But I don't believe it's the will of God, Brother Sell, for this place to be comfortable. I know I'm preaching to the choir. Sometimes the preacher needs the, the choir needs preached to. Reagan, what would happen right now? We have nearly 30 people coming on Sundays. Almost 35 people. That's half the chairs we have in the auditorium. What if all of us did that same thing at home? We'd have to build in a couple months. You know that building that you guys have been talking about? This property that's been being prepped for so long. If we did what God told us to do, and we are fulfilling the commission, I realize it doesn't happen overnight. I'm not being superstitious. Maybe that's the wrong word. I'm not being stupid. I'll use that word. I'm not being ignorant. But I know this. Just because one person doesn't hold out, there's somebody else out there. I, I Call me pessimistic if you want to, but I know we're not going to win all 400-some thousand people. But can I have 10%? Was that 40,000? Nothing's too hard for God. Nothing. Do you believe what I'm talking about tonight? I'm not off topic. I'm talking about being filled and being fervent. And if we will somehow say whatever, not because I've preached it, but let me tell you something, it's in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is moving in our midst right now. And he's saying, hey, will you go? Why do you stand here idle all the day? There's still wheat to be harvested. There's still work to be done. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Can we begin to worship the Lord right now? God, somehow, embed this in our hearts. God, somehow, get a hold of our minds. God, let us press past. Let us press into your glory, God. Let us stay filled, oh Lord Jesus. Oh, come on, somebody get a hold of what God's trying to do right now. Come on, lift your voices to the Lord. Jesus, let it be burned in us. Let our passion, let fervency rise up inside of us.
us today, God. Burn us in us today, God. Let's reach out to the Lord. Let it burden us tonight. Let the Holy Ghost work in our hearts tonight. Let Him feel you. Let Him feel you that you could be fervent and bold in the Holy Ghost. Come on, let's call on the name of the Lord for just a moment more. Come on, let's let the Holy Ghost have.